everyone, and welcome to this episode of IDC's Tech Talk, where we're going to be talking about smart islands. My name is Louisa Barker, and I'm a research manager at IDC Europe and part of the Government Insights team. And as part of this role, I co-lead a research program focused on smart places and districts, looking at the role of both digital and data in driving better uh, place-based social, environmental, and economic outcomes. And in this research, we've been exploring a really interesting topic, which is smart islands. And we have been looking at examples of how innovative islands are leveraging digital technologies and data to help address their most pressing needs. And we've also been looking at how islands can, in fact, really be at the vanguard of smart city technology. And we've been seeing examples of innovative islands establishing themselves as testbeds for technologies to be piloted. So today I have the great pleasure of hosting Andrea Rosa Collard, who is the director of IT for the regional government of Madeira. So really no better person to be talking to about smart islands. And Madeira is an archipelago in the North Atlantic and is an autonomous region of Portugal. For those of you who don't know the island, I'm sure it will be high up on your list of places to visit by the end of this episode. <laughs> I had the really great pleasure of meeting Andrea last year, I think it was last year now, um, in Lisbon, where we got into a really passionate conversation about digital skills over lunch. Uh, so Andrea, it's really great to have you here with me this morning. Thank you so much, Louisa. It's uh, great to be here as well, especially talking about this uh, topic, which uh, I'm very fond of, as you know, and that generated such a just such a high vibe for us when we met in Lisbon uh, last year. So it's it's a pleasure to to be here. Excellent. So to introduce Andrea, Andrea worked for several years in the private sector. Uh, including companies such as Talas and Huawei, before stepping into this really interesting role in the island of Madeira. Uh, so, Andrea, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself in a bit more detail, including how you ended up in this role, because I remember it being a really interesting story. Thank you, Louisa. So, my name is Andrea Collard. I'm the regional director of IT in Madeira Island, the beautiful Madeira Island. Um, and uh, my life, although I am a lawyer, uh, my life has been always um, evolving around technology and innovation. Been uh, with the private uh, market in um, in technologies in ITC. Uh, Madeira Island, how did I get here um, after working for these big companies all around the world? I have a little secret. It's my mom comes from this beautiful little island. And my getaway uh, was always coming here in the beautiful sun and atmosphere and seeing all that, that this island has to offer. So it was a little secret of mine to, to be here and enjoy the people, the, the food, the, the weather, which is really, really, really good. So um, what happened is I was in one of, my, one of these secret voyages to Madeira Island and the pandemic just started. Uh, all of a sudden, I was here just with my laptop, uh, backpack, my family, and pretty much that was it. The airport closed, so um, I couldn't go anywhere else. Uh, and I had to stay here. It was oh, such an awful place to be stuck in. If you have to get stuck in an <laughs> island anywhere in the world, I recommend it. 
that will be Madeira. Uh, so I stayed here for three months without being able to go anywhere. All I had was my laptop. And all of a sudden, I saw that through my laptop, I could go anywhere in the world. So I was still advising clients. I was still contracting and negotiating with different, you know, from Brazil to China to, to Europe. I was here, but I was everywhere. And that made me also... Um, understand that there's more to it than being in an island. You're actually part of the whole world. Um, so this is how I uh, got here. Uh, the government at the time was um, focusing uh, more into technology because of COVID. They saw that only through technology they could overcome the necessities that there were the pandemic also brought those vulner vulnerabilities to light um, and also made them accelerate and then want to accelerate the digital transformation of the island. So they asked me if I could take on this uh, role, which for me was a challenge in the beginning, uh, was coming back to my roots and I just embraced it and said, okay, this is it. I have a chance to do something for, for the island, to do something for my mother's family, like my, my background, um, and actually make a change here. Thanks, Andrea. It's such a, an interesting story. And uh, yes, I'm definitely very envious of, of you and <laughs> being back on, on the island versus my, my flat in London. It sounds like we had very different experiences. <laughs> Um, so digging in a little bit to the topic of um, what Madeira is doing in the space of digital, it'd be great to hear a little bit more about some of the main challenges experienced in Madeira and how uh, you and the department is looking to leverage data and digital to help tackle these. Well, I, the main challenge of, of Madeira and I think of every island in the world is, is just one, it's isolation. And that brings a lot of other challenges, but the main one is really isolated. And we are in the middle of the, of the Atlantic Ocean. So there's no access to things is difficult. We found also the, during the pandemic that we were very dependent of um, food products, of anything that you know, had to be imported to, to the island that we do not have, have it here. So it was very, it was an eye-opener uh, to see at the dependency level that an island has of, uh, of transportation, of uh, food, of just the basics of everything. And we really felt lonely, really felt isolated. Although everyone was obviously home, we had all the problems that they had in mainland, obviously the supermarkets not having enough sufficient food uh, products, everyone being isolated, not having communication with, with anyone, our elderly as well, not being able to see their families. So it was that isolated sort of, you know, heat it up, you know, isolated, 100 goes to 1,000. You can overcome isolation, is through digital. One of the main focus was uh, uh, health during the pandemic. There was so many things that we could not uh, do. And we were able to retain, because of isolation and because we are an island, we were able to retain COVID very well. So we started working on this isolation mode through the digital and through through data and what, and what we could do. We focus on health. So all of a sudden our hospitals and our doctors, we're having remote work. Uh, and that means even remote operations. So if anyone needed an operation, we may not have the specialists here to do that kind of operation, but we have it worldwide. So we could do remote operations. Uh, we could also use digital 
digital gadgets to monitor patients at, at home. We called in education. We started introducing computers, tablets, and our students uh, started doing remote classes. Uh, the students that were here that had to spend so much money to go to the mainland, to go to a university, all of a sudden they were here with their families, not having those costs, and also and continuing to do their courses online. We um, started investing as well in smart analytics. What is this all telling us? What is all this data telling us? So using the data that we do have already access to um, in our benefit, understanding what's happening around us with statistics and making clear decisions based on the data that we, that we were having on true facts, what was happening at the moment on, on real time. We also started uh, looking at uh, investments, um, tech companies. We During COVID, what we had when we opened our, our um, airports was digital nomads. So although we didn't have the tourism base like we had before, we had digital nomads, which is people, you know, people that were like me, working for companies, and all they, they had was a laptop, and they could go anywhere in the world, and they couldn't work from anywhere in the world. And they chose Madeira to come to, because we did have that stable environment. Health-wise, with COVID happening at the time, it was pretty safe to, to be here. Uh, so we started having a lot of uh, digital nomads and became a phenomenon. So in terms of being hard hit in commerce and, and things like that, like the lack of tourism, we could rebuild, okay? We, we had to look at other perspectives and, and data and the digital showed us how to overcome those issues. Thanks, Sandra. I mean, that's really interesting. And I particularly like the way that you've reframed the isolation of the island as, in fact, an opportunity. And, and also seeing the pandemic, I guess, a kind of level setter in that regard. We were all in our isolation and it's um, establishing how to cope with that. I think um, every crisis has, has an opportunity in it. And, and we just have to look, we just have to look at the other side of the coin almost when things are happening. And instead of looking as a negative thing, yes, impacted negatively everyone. Uh, but we could, I think we always have to, to look for the solution, okay, to overcome it. And I think a lot of those challenges you mentioned are, there's obviously a lot of diversity when it comes to islands. I think there are over 11,000 inhabited islands worldwide, but there's a lot of commonality in the challenges that you you just mentioned so things around physical connectivity heavy reliance on tourism which obviously affected islands particularly badly during uh, the pandemic um also things about uh, retaining and attracting islanders so talking about digital nomads there interesting both for islands but also other remote areas moving to to my next question it would be great to hear more about the smart islands hub and the plans you have to uh, transform Madeira into a digital smart island. To start with, it'd be great to hear more about the main priorities of the plan that you've put in place. Okay, so the first thing to do anything, any kind of transformation or any change, we need money. So funding was a main issue and we are in the middle of a pandemic, uh, was going towards health. So one of the main focus was actually funding. But to get funding, and, and the European Commission was actually very straightforward and they really helped in terms of funding to rebuild uh, all countries, um, all countries in, in Europe. So one of our main challenges there and part of our strategy was actually to 
be part of this European funding that was happening to overcome the issues that the pandemic was uh, was uh, affecting all of us. Uh, funding was one of the main purpose, but to have funding, and especially from the European Commission, we had to have a strategic plan. So we had to, to show the Commission how that funding was going to impact and it was going to benefit the island. So I had to, to put together a plan of projects and uh, the impact of those projects to the island and the target result that we will be able to achieve if we implemented these projects. So we have to explain each of the projects. So we have to create new projects. We have to explain these projects and how these were going to address directly the uh, necessities of the island and the impact that the pandemic um, had. So the main thing that we needed to overcome all this was infrastructures, okay? So we needed to go, if we are going to do these remote operations in, you know, and having a specialist from other countries helping the people here at our hospitals, we needed 5G, okay? It's because it's real time. We, we cannot we cannot have problems of latency when you're doing, when you're performing an operation on a human being. So we could not have that. So infrastructures was very, very important. Storage as well of our data. If we're going to have a lot of data coming on and we're going to become digital, where are we going to store this data in a secure um, environment? So infrastructures was very important. It was my main, my main worry was infrastructures. If we do not have it, then we cannot call ourselves smart island or digital digital transformation. The second the second one was then tools, equipment. So if we are if we have the infrastructures, then we needed the equipment to go with it. We needed to have access to computers, to software, like hardware and software that were enable us to work with those with with that infrastructure. So if we're going to do 5G all over the island, we needed equipment that will work with 5G. Otherwise, it will not it will not work properly. The third one, which was very important for me was actually giving our people the skills and the capacity to work with this equipment and these infrastructures. So being in an island, being isolated from mainland, from main universities, this was important for us to bring that knowledge to, to the island. So we were able also to get funding for training our people and educating our, our people into the digital world. So we have infrastructures, we have the equipment, then we, we need those people that can actually work with us. The third one was having those three the fourth was actually how all this is going to become connected, okay, and interoperable. So communication was a, was a big thing. Interoperability was a big thing because all this being implemented and the and our people knowing how to use it, then it will is going to raise a lot of data. And raising a lot of data, all these systems need to to have interoperability and connect with one another. So we are able to have to achieve what this data can give us. So that's the fourth one. The, the fifth one, we're having all this data going, run, running around and all this data in our systems and all access to this very valuable data. Cybersecurity and data protection is a big thing. It's very important to have it secure and privacy. So people need to trust. But all this mandala was built in one main thing, which I put in the center, which is our people. People are the main engine behind all this. So all this is, is built for the health and the benefit of people. If, we, if we're not doing it for the, for the goodness of population, um, then 
it's it's not going to work. So everything works together, but if the focus is people, you know, like if we're going to this, it's going to benefit, it's going to be benefit the island, but how is it going to benefit the people? So we always, you know, I always put it at the center. So every project that we've created out of that was actually, you know, we have to demonstrate how this project is going to help people. How, what results are we going to get from that? Because then it's easier as well to get people on our, on our side. Um, because this digital transformation is very, very nice as a, as a concept. But then when we put it into practice and it's going to impact on people's lives. If people see more negative aspects and benefits of it, then it's not going to be successful. So we really need to bring everyone with us to have a good digital transformation. Thanks, Andrea. That, that's really interesting to hear. And um, I think when we spoke before as well, the aspect that really comes through is that focus on getting the foundations right. Yeah. Um, and that the foundations, yes, it absolutely includes infrastructure, but also includes uh, digital skills. Um, and also looking at how from the outset you're bringing people along with you, how they can see the benefits of, of what you're doing and, and feel involved in the process. Just jumping back to the funding side, because that is, of course, the starting point for, yes, for a lot yes. of initiatives. So was that funding linked to the next gen funding, the recovery and resilience facility? Yes, correct. Yes, correct. Okay, excellent. And I think for the, our listeners that aren't aware of this, through the Next Gen EU and the Recovery and Resilience Facility, 20% of those funds have been dedicated to digital programs um, and around 37% uh, on climate and green programs. So it really did provide an excellent opportunity for governments such as, as Madeira to launch these kinds of initiatives. And, and there are other initiatives at the moment, like um, uh, Digital Europe as well. So, so Europe is continuing this uh, uh, this funding and this uh, uh, priority on the digital and also on climate changes. We'll talk about it later because there's there's a way of connecting the two as well. Um, but yes, as you're saying, infrastructure is, is very is very important. Uh, I was talking to you about uh, 5G. So the 5G rollout um, in accordance with Anacom data, which is the, the Portuguese regulator of information and communications industry. Uh, there are only uh, six regions that do not have uh, 5G stations in Portugal, but I can guarantee you that none of them are in Madeira. So, which is a very good, uh, uh, which is a very good uh, statistic for for that. And according with the fourth trimester uh, of 2022, um, in Madeira at the moment, there's only eight small villages uh, that do not have access to 5G yet. This was in 2022. Uh, I believe that in 2023, we already do have it. Uh, so the 5G rollout was one of my main things. And having... Um, especially if we're going to invest in health, if we're going to invest in, in education, is uh, is a necessity really for, for an island. We want to be able to to connect to, to everyone, but it has to be a real time. You know, we don't cannot we cannot afford latency. latency. So we, we really have to have things in, in real time. If we are going to, to do the things remotely and, and at a distance, it's important to, to have that. So yes, yeah, so this is for in terms of statistics, we are doing uh, very well compared to other islands 
Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say beyond Portugal as well. I think globally, that's, that's certainly leading the way in terms of 5G rollout. And just so important, you know, we're talking about smart cities, smart islands really is the linchpin for a lot of the use cases to occur. Something you mentioned uh, was bringing people along with you on the journey. How have you been engaging and interacting with the public? Because uh, I think when it comes to these digital transformation yeah. programs, yeah. people saying the day-to-day value and, and feeling connected to it is really one of the main challenges. Yeah. So one one of the things that I see is fear. Fear, but um, was a mixture. Fear because of the pandemic. Fear because of change. Fear because it was a necessity all of a sudden to accelerate this digital transformation. We have to nail fear uh, first. All of a sudden, the way of communicating communicating with people became online, became through a computer, through a through a mobile phone. So we had to benefit. We have to show the benefits of of that. One of the things that we done was actually having um, what we call it canteen digital, which is the digital corner for people that were in nursing uh, houses that were not having time with family. So what we done for, for Christmas, we actually went to nursing houses, but also day centers uh, where people live in their homes and they go there during the day. Uh, where they could not have contact with family due due to COVID, we went there and we made them a digital corner where they would have uh, access to their computers. They would have um, software which would enable them to to contact their families. One of the things that I remember was was Christmas time, and I went to this uh, uh, day center to to install this canteen digital, as I call it, and people looking at me like, what, what is she doing? No, I, she came to play cards with us, and they were all happy. We've got one more person to play cards with us. I'm like, you can also play it, you know, with your families. And we're like, oh, but my, you know, one of them was saying, oh, my, but my son lives in Australia. Um, you know, I've got grandchildren and all that, but I spend Christmas on my own because it's very far. And I was saying, well, I live there as well. So I'm going to do this magic trick now with a computer. It will be able to, um, you will be able to speak with your grandchildren and, and your son. And the lady just started crying. She couldn't believe it. And she sat down, she looked at that computer and she saw her son. And she saw her grandchildren um, was was just amazing. So, so all these things are important to show the benefits for people of of technology. Another thing that we've done as well was we call Digitekas, which is uh, libraries, uh, but digital libraries, um, and this is more. For the youth, I saw that a lot of young people in the island. We had we had the digital nomads, and I was and I was going to schools and saying, you know, digital nomads, and they thought it was just people that work um, that work for companies overseas that were able to do that. And I said, no, you're here. You have a computer. You have a skill. If you have a skill, you can also be in Madeira and working for other people from here. Uh, for for big companies as well that you cannot even imagine, like you know the Googles of this world, and you can be here. So if other people can do that from here, you can also do that. So if we became, and s- some of them may have not, you know, they have been home with their parents, with the brothers and the sisters, and and most of them just have one computer at home. So if if the parents were remotely working and and the the children also having a, a remote classes, they only had one computer to share. So 
um, I saw it as, a, a, as important to have access to tools, to, to digital, to, to, comp to computers, to tablets. So we became, we started a project which was digital libraries where everywhere in the island, anyone can go to a library and have access to the latest technology. Schools as well, they're, doing, they're dealing with robotics, part of the class, part of the uh, curriculum. And these digital libraries to have free access to 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 everyone, uh, where they also have tablets. People can instead of a book, like I used to love libraries when I used when I was a kid. Um, so I used to go and get the, the books and take them take them home. So if these kids can take a tablet home to to do it because they do some they have some work to do for for present to present the work. Or if they have, they will also have video conference uh, facilities where if they have a job interview, for example, in another uh, part of the country where they want to be part of a conference that they do, you know, they, they have the, that access. They may not have it at home, but they have it in a local uh, uh, library. So this is all ways that we are showing people the benefits of uh, this digital world. Sometimes because they don't have access or they don't know about it, uh, they feel, you know, they feel that fear. But if they have, if it becomes readily accessible, and they see, well, all of a sudden, oh well, I was scared of what? You know, it's not such a big thing. I can see my family. I can speak with my family through it. I can uh, engage in conferences and, and go to job interviews in another part of the world. Um, so this actually benefits me. And I always say that technology, it's a tool. Um, it's not, it's not something that's going to rule the world. Like you know, everyone says, it's a tool that humans can use to become better. So. And I'm just trying to show that to people. Absolutely. And I think um, that approach of very proactively going into community spaces uh, yes. to, to really showcase how this can impact people's lives, be it care homes or, or libraries, is, is a great, um, great way forward. And also, I think often when it comes to islands talking about digital nomads, you're right, we're often thinking of attracting people to work there, which is only part of the story. It's also enabling the islanders themselves and people living there to access this. Exactly. Actually, the digital nomads have been a phenomenon here in Madeira. I've been working with them as well to, to see how they can help. I mean, they living in Madeira for, for a few months, you also become part of this. You know, they always say, oh, Madeira has this aura that, you know, you, you feel good here. You feel like, you know, you want to do something for uh, for it. And uh, so we decided to have, I opened, I opened the regional directorate uh, here. We have an auditorium and I opened the auditorium for them to, you know, for us together to do a think tank of what we can do to improve there in, in you know, in terms of technology. Um, and one of the things that we decided to do was actually this knowledge transfer from these people that, uh, you know, they have a lot of experience, they go, um, they work for, for big companies, so they can actually bring that knowledge uh, to Madeira and transfer it as well, share it with, with people from here. So we decided to do one thing which was uh, the locals share the stories of you know the the towns and and the things that we do here our traditions and they learn that and they transfer knowledge of uh, uh, you know the digital world so uh, world so we went to to a school uh, as a project pilot and um, 
days uh, in the digital nomads um, than in offer the course on uh, web design. We had a lot of students, they were just like, they could not believe it. They, you know, for free and they come here and, and they do and they do this. So, um, and they got a certificate, which is uh, accepted all around Europe because um, some of the people that were doing the course, they were teachers in, in France. And, uh, and it was lovely to see that, to see that, that impact that digital nomads are having as well in the local community. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm sure the, the kids in those schools must have been absolutely thrilled for yeah. that to, yeah. to become part of their curriculum. Yeah. Um, so just coming back to something we mentioned earlier, which is this idea of islands as demonstrators or demonstrators to, to pilot and, and showcase what can be done with certain technologies. Can you tell me a bit more about your vision for how Madeira um, can and indeed is being used as, as a sandbox in this way? Sure. Um, one of the things that we do have the luck of having in Madeira is actual bright people. So um, we do have a digital twin of Madeira, which includes the land and the ocean. So all our landscape, we can seascape, including we have a few deserted islands. We were able to transform that into the virtual world. So through that, we are able to do tests as well before it becomes implemented, you know, in a physical world in Madeira. That was one, you know, this is a way that an island can become a sandbox for something. Another, another way is because of this isolation, which can be a challenge, yes, but can also be an opportunity. The fact that we are isolated, it works very well, for example, for cybersecurity, because this is how, uh, when we do tests, it's important, you know, the first thing that you do is isolate the cell that has that has the, the issue. An island is almost a physical way of doing that. Um, how would it work? How did it work in Madeira, for example, for health reasons, the isolation? This happens in cybersecurity as well, where we need to, to isolate the, the malware from, from the rest of the world. So it's something, it's something uh, similar. At the moment, we are uh, testing already a project, a European project, which is Smart Bear, um, which is like all the digital uh, gadgets that we can use to monitor patients at a, at a distance and having that contact, direct contact, 24 hours almost with, with a doctor, which can monitor what, exactly what's happening before a person needs to go to, to the emergency. And um, we're also testing a, a database for health professions, a European database for health professions. It's good to have a database with all with all this. So we have the recognition that these are health professions and this is what their speciality is. And whatever you go in Europe to, to different hospitals, these, these health professionals can actually move around Europe and be able to um, provide their services in regions where there's most, the most need. We also just tested the 5G operating room. I actually had the doctor that performed the first operation, was a heart uh, operation in, um, in Madeira Island. Um, he was telling me that he's, he's the only specialist in the island uh, for, for heart um, and diseases. And uh, he was able to, um, and he came from, from mainland, but he's living, he's living here now. And he said that it was so uh, refreshing to be able to work with other specialists that he knows um, and be able to share share ideas and what he was doing at the, at the time and he said 
usually when I'm doing an operation, it's very lonely. Like you feel like you have there just the uh, the nurses, you know, giving you the tools uh, to do it. And, and all of a sudden I had other specialists also looking at the same thing that I was doing, that I was looking at and, and giving me advice as well and say, well, if you do it this way, you know, try to do it that way. And he said, well, it was, was a completely different um, experience. So we are also, um, in terms of the sea, we're surrounded by sea and sea is also our territory. Um, so we, we actually, one of the things of doing this uh, digital twin of uh, underneath our oceans as well was to be able to become also a test bed for um, uh, ocean um, activities uh, in Madeira. And yeah, I, I think um, this notion of islands as test beds, because they are inherently a, a defined area, uh, is just such an opportunity. And um, when we were doing some research on this, the earliest example we found of, of this concept goes back to 1850, uh, where the Isle of Jersey was used to test post boxes. Um, and then later on, after that, that pilot was conducted, moved over yeah. to, to the rest of the UK. So mm -hmm. I think then translating that to technologies, um, you mentioned the 5G rollout, but also testing digital twins uh, of the land, but also the ocean, just yeah. has such potential. So it's fantastic to hear yeah. um, that that's your, your vision for Madeira and that, you know, you've been... Actually, even new technology, new products that are being able to, to, you know, to be in the market, if it can be tested as well in a small confined space, is also, like, you know, much better also because we can see it's, uh, it's such an ecosystem. It's such a complete ecosystem, but it's in a small, in a small dimension which can be replicated afterwards in a bigger, a bigger dimension and you already know what results you're going to get. So it's, it's really, really good to, to have, to be an island. You know, it's not, I don't see it anymore uh, as something bad. I actually see it as a big opportunity because we are an island. Well, Andrea, I think that note is a fantastic way to, to include our episode, really focusing on, mm -hmm. on that opportunity there. And I know that we could speak about this for a, a lot longer, um, and I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to, to do so in the future. Um, I'm sure our listeners will agree that it's been very interesting to hear more about how Madeira has been positioning itself as a leader of both sustainable, uh, but also very much human-centric digital transformation um, and we'll definitely keep following the different initiatives that you've shared with us today so uh, thanks again it's been wonderful having you uh, here with us and to our listeners uh, we'll be back with another episode from the government insights team shortly um, and until then goodbye and goodbye Andrea thank you thank you Louisa goodbye